Demons Discuss, Take 60, The One with the Favorite Son. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello. Greetings. And what are we talking about today, Jean? It's one of our very special episodes. We are talking about a character, and this time it's going to be Baldwin. Oh, be still. You choose art. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Angel, the angel song. Yes. I feel like I have the microphone. So, Valerie, how do you feel about that? I am. I'm fine. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull an Angela. Okay, I'll wait. Yeah. (laughs) You can temper us. Although I'm, I'm, I'm I'm very even keeled today. So, I, as I said to Jean when I was partying uh, with her at Chicago O'Hare after our Wales slash UK trip, do not mistake my unenthusiasm for apathy. I'm just very even keeled today. Okay. Um, (laughs) I I mean, I, I like the guy. He's all right, but is he? my my honey boo boo no uh-uh. but I get it and I am happy and this is why I am the one that did this I am the one that suggested that take 60 <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get it over with. like let's rip the band-aid off and get this done <laughs> So, audience, uh, if you don't know, now you're going to know on the tens, every 10th episode, we do a character outline, and today it's going to be Baldwin. So, yay! Angela Jean, yay! Yay! All right. So, here's the part where I say become a patron, because this podcast requires stuff that costs money, and we don't want to do ads, and that's all I got. (laughs) No no toothbrushes, no mattresses, no meals in a box. No, yeah, no mattresses. Oh, uh, me undies, that's a thing. Yeah, underwear. That's not (laughs) supposed to pinch your bind and breathe with you. (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah. So, Angela, why should people become a patron? Why, why, why? Because there are various levels. You get various rewards at those different levels. So, um, starting at $2, you can get our after show, which is produced on our off week. So, when it's not the public show, you get the after show, and that's for patrons only. We also have a dollar an episode. Yes. Uh, a quarterly drawing for all patrons. So regardless of the reward level, you get entered into a quarterly drawing. You can win a prize of our choosing. And we draw that right on the show. Yes. So you get to hear us bumble through. Drum roll, number. Oh my God, we're lost. (laughs) (laughs) Ditch, ditch. (laughs) But there's various swag at all the different levels. So um, the higher you go, the better it gets. And of course, our appreciation is for all levels of patrons. So if you're interested in becoming a patron go to patreon.com slant demons discuss and let's just dive into our baldwin talk so i hand the microphones over to you two and i will chime in when i feel i need to so go ahead (laughs) go for it i have to say in in the discovery of witches i was smitten i was infatuated with matthew and then 
I didn't know he had an older brother that I would immediately <laughs> ditch Matthew for. I mean, Matthew's, of course, has an honorary place in my heart. But uh, from yeah. the, his description, from the moment that he was stomping on the floor at Satur and his description of Made in Roman Times and the whole kit and caboodle, I was like, this is my guy. I had a, a affinity for him immediately. Here's what got me. I'm like, I called Baldwin. He's better at this than you are. <laughs> I'm like, I want this guy. <laughs> Yes. You yes. didn't even know you wanted him. <laughs> and then he busts through the door. I'm like, when, when Isabel goes, he's better at this than you are. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. My prayers are answered. Someone clean up the mess. It's <laughs> true. At this time, you were both seriously in love with Matthew. Yeah. And I was yeah. just warming up like, to him at this point. Here comes the fucking ginger. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes, yes. Hot ginger vampire was born in their heads. Yes. Yep. Well, yep. that I blame Michael Fassbender for that too. But. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That mm. that was that GQ cover was not long after I first read about Baldwin. Like, yep, that's him. <laughs> yeah, and that Hollywood Reporter photo layout with the spooky candles for October. Mm-hmm. All right. So, explain to our audience who may not understand why we're bringing up Michael Fassbender at this point. Because this started seven years ago, eight years ago. Almost eight. When, yeah. Yeah. Eight years ago when it wasn't even fantasy casting. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was no no thought of ever there being a show. Yes. There was a option for a movie by Warner Brothers at this point. And that's not a, even. Not even? No. Not even. Oh, OK. Right. This was right around the time Sun came out because I don't think the she announced the option. The option was after. at the end of uh, Discovery of Witches. Yeah. I think it okay. had an, there was an option. It just hadn't expired yet. So they were, yeah. David Auburn was yeah. doing the, the screenplay, I think, at that moment. Yes. So it was just kind of a twinkle in someone's eye that was fading out at this point, but we didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know it was fading out. As far as the we knew, the 47 drafts was were going to get thrown in the incinerator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't hear a whole lot about it. But it didn't stop the fantasy casting in our heads. And tell no. me why you came about Michael Fassbender. I mean, just the GQ cover was it for, for that, me? For you? Yes, it was. I feel GQ. like I'm interviewing you guys. <laughs> it was right. it, for me. It was, it, it's weird. It was the voice first. The voice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like when Baldwin starts talking in the book, I kept hearing Fassbender's voice in my head, and then the X Men when he comes in and does the German and the French oh, and everything yes. else. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I'm like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. This this guy. Yeah, this guy. And just even yeah. even an X-Men, Magneto or, or Eric is very Baldwin and Charles Xavier is yes. very Matthew. Oh, so, so true. You're right. <laughs> especially especially in the first one that Kenneth Branagh directed. Yes. For sure. Yeah. So we were cross-pollinating in, in mm-hmm. our heads to, yeah. as we're reading chapter 30. So... I will. There's that. I will put that uh, video that we did way back then that you did, Gene, oh. in, in the show notes. <laughs> well, the music's good. The music's, the music's great. Very good. Uh, is I don't know if that one's still and, up. And, <laughs> or did no, it get a takedown notice? No, it's, it didn't. No, it's still hanging out. Okay, okay, okay. I'll put a link. No so offense, you guys Tristan. We love you too. No, oh, yeah. Yes. We, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to TV. We'll get to, to, yeah, we'll get to, well, yeah. I know. <laughs> I just don't want. He's not going to cry. Hurt. I don't think. No, <laughs> he'll burn our. Sh- he'll burn our shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Oh my goodness! All right. So when he stopped in the scene and and just like busted in, and you were like, "Oh, who's this guy?" Right? Hello. Yes. Oh, hey, yes. Baby. <laughs> there go. There goes the eyebrows. Hey, baby. <laughs> 
Angela, yes. I wanted to ask you particularly because you, you bring it up every time Baldwin comes up when he does his speech. Oh, yes. His to Matthew. Knights of Lazarus, that it's laced with all the well, several important events throughout time that the Knights of Lazarus has been in. Um, and I always and I always bring up when Isabel tries to tell him something, and he's like, "Thank you for the history lesson, Isabel." And <laughs> so that's that's all in the same scene. But yes, it, it just outlines all the uh, important things that Philippe has been having his hands in and, and maneuvering throughout time, and he's had the Knights of Lazarus um, along for the ride. And Jean, yeah, certain things that you're in love with, like besides the the opening and everything. Tell me, tell me the things. Oh, the Gambit speech. Uh, yes, thirty two. Yeah. Don't wait your turn like a good girl. Right. It's so tactician. Oh. I mean, I I am drawn to just the impatience of him. I mean, <laughs> the eye rolling the that I imagine. Yes, the frustration. I feel you. I see you, Baldwin. <laughs> I, I, I've lived these feelings with you and I've lived these feelings before you. Yes. And I will probably live them again. So I like to think, I mean, okay, you know, my Pierre, he can do no wrong. It doesn't matter. And I feel that way with certain listeners too. Like you can do no wrong. You, you kicked a dog. Well, you must have a good reason for doing that, you know? Um, <laughs> yes. and, I, and I like to think that I'm that not that way with Baldwin, that I don't give him a pass just because, but I think there's some bias because I relate personally to him. Like I said, we didn't really know it. We did uh, the personality episode with Marcus and we mm-hmm. did some characters too. And Baldwin was one of them. And he was the executive, which I'm the executive too, but just going further, he's that's under the sentinel uh, category. So it's very fitting that Sentinel, a soldier or a guard who would stand or keep watch. And that's absolutely mm-hmm. 100% what Baldwin is. Wasn't the it rook. the same as Isabeau? As yes. Well? yes. Yes. So, Which is probably why they get along like oil and water. Yeah. Right. Because they both looking to fix things and <laughs> they might mm-hmm. have different ideas and clash. I think a lot of times I am Baldwin. I, I just am. So I, I don't know it's if that's probably a function of your career. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. It's like I don't have time to fuck around. Let's, you know. And you've got young, young, dumb pilots who need some heads knocked <laughs> together. <laughs> Well, the thing I admire about Baldwin is his thing is he's he's very unemotional when he comes to making decisions only because he has to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, with my background, when I make decisions at work, it's it's for life or limb. This is a decision. I don't care how you feel about it. I don't care if you think your way is going to be better, but I'm going to stick to this way because I know it works and you have to listen to me. Right. And cut the bullshit. That's it. I, yeah. I, I mean, I think I am Baldwin, yeah. especially yeah. at work. So I, I, I would say the same for myself. I would say I'm similar to Baldwin in that way. But also I, I at work, I deal with a lot of personalities and they're a lot like Baldwin. So when I found out he was in the financial industry, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is you know great. And I, there's just so many personalities to maneuver and navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's one of them. So as much as I think I'm similar to him, I also think that I'm the type of person that manages that kind of personality, too. Yes, I manage a lot of wannabe Baldwins. Yes. They're, they're not there yet. <laughs> they're not there yet. And so when you have a whole bunch of people trying to prove themselves and, oh, I've I've got the idea. I've got the, the solution to this. And no, you don't. That's a bad idea. And this is why, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you in that way, too. And Gina as a lawyer. I'm sure the same for you. Yes. No, it's, but I'm more I'm more Philippe. I have to be diplomatic, even since the person writing the check is the one I'm calling a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> Which in uh, building on what 
Angela said uh, when we did the character uh, Myers Briggs, mm-hmm. both Philippe and I are the diplomats. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that's probably a reason why I can relate to Baldwin and why I just like Philippe. I just really like the guy. He's, yep. He knows himself. He is in many ways very predictable. Mm-hmm. He's loyal to a fault and he doesn't put up with shit. He, he can be the one to like knock heads together so I can do my job. Yes. Right. And I don't care how you feel and about it's a it. Blessing. I, I love the fact that he's like, I don't care how you feel about it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> those emotions are those are going to flitter away. But for now, we need to do this to get it done. And that's yeah. what I appreciated in the book of life about him. He's like, you keep letting your emotions get in the way. We have to do this. It reminds me of Judge Judy when someone's like, well, I feel she's like, you feel I don't care what you feel. Go talk to Dr. Phil what you feel. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, there's not a lot of room for feelings. And that's just the nature of it. Well, in, in to build on that whole book of life scene that everybody loses their mind over. In the beginning, with, yes. Oh, yes. In the beginning. I think that's because he blows up like that because he's feeling. It's True. Like, it's that one time that it's not so totally tamped down and he's not ice cold. He's just like... Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's true. And if Baldwin and I are alike, whenever that happens to me, which is on a rare occasion, I feel like, see, my emotions betrayed me. I knew it. <laughs> so I'm, and then I kick myself for doing <laughs> acting emotionally. So I don't know how he felt yeah. afterwards. But yes, I think yeah. you're 100% right that he acted on emotions, hearing the blood song and being kept in the dark all this being time while they were in the past. Yeah, totally yes. kept in the dark. Kept and in the everybody... dark and for a whole he knew that Diana put a spell, you know. Yeah. On, on... And then we find out that he almost lost his head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was, you know what, and that showed up on the TV show. And I wonder if that was the plan all along when Deb was writing her books, because we never got to know that part. No. What he was facing in the congregation. We weren't privy to that. Now, is that, was that amped up for TV? Maybe. Could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. But. On the other hand, you know, he was juggling all that bullshit we saw on TV with Peter. And I'd like to say he dropped a lot more F-bombs than he did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very ambiguous in Shadow of Night when they say, oh, and Baldwin flitted in and out of said tour. It's like, well, was that like for Taco Tuesday or was he like coming in to demand answers? You know? I mean, Taco Tuesday and Zip Tour. Was, yeah. that, was, that a, what is, was that his biweekly? All right. What the fuck are you up to yes, this time? Right. Which uh, now I'm, I'm more inclined to think that after I saw him almost yeah. lose his head. No Taco Tuesday for Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. And I like that in Times Convert, we get to see some chinks in his armor, especially when it comes to his niece. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That was really cool. I'm like, oh, you do have a heart. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Just because he won't talk to talk to Diana about his feelings doesn't mean he doesn't have them. Right? Yeah, that's true. As Deb was kind enough to advise me of. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was just cheering about the fact he had feelings. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> Yay, she admitted it. Uh, she does say, though, he's, he holds his cards very close to his chest. Mm-hmm. And so, Gene, you just made the excellent point of that was him showing his emotions. And the fact that he holds it in, just boom. Yeah. It probably be like... Get the fuck up. (laughs) What the hell's going on here? Yeah. And if you put yourself in his shoes from an emotional standpoint, yeah, I I definitely see why he did what he did. Then to think about it even a little bit more, Mm -hmm. the fact that Matthew didn't react. Yes. Mm. Tells me as we're sitting here talking about this right now that he's seen this before. Right. 
also Book of Life when Diana had Baldwin tied up. In Gallagher's house after he had disciplined Jack. Jack. And Matthew didn't flinch at that either. It's like, this is how we do things. This is, if I am to sire a clan, then I'm going to, I'm going to have to do the same thing. I'm going to have to do the same thing. Yeah, exactly that. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Matthew showing empathy for Baldwin. And then I love that other scene where she tied them all up. Yeah. That was yeah, the yeah, that was. All the all the Declaremont men and Fernando and Fernando was like laughing about the whole thing. <laughs> Goodness gracious! So, can we talk a little bit about his his true origins, Gene? You have a better picture of who he. I'm not talking like who he might be in history, but like what informs his personality, oh. what informs the way he operates in life, the way he approaches situations being made in Roman times. That's not to say he is Roman, but yeah, I still think he's he's more of a client country. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of his affinity to Germany. Right. Since he was turned in 52, right around the time of the siege of Alessia, okay. September of 52 BC, which is prime time Julius Caesar Gallic War. We've got that. I mean, it's the rise of Imperial Rome. He is a Roman soldier under arguably one of the greatest generals of all time. He would have been fighting not only in Gaul, but possibly in involved in the, the civil wars between Pompey and Caesar and everybody else. Just that snapshot in history where he was human and he was turned. It is a very, not so much turbulent time in Roman history, but socially it's starting to change. Right about the time he was turned, marriage was viewed very differently, which I found was real interesting. I was, I've been reading up in a book called A History of Private Life. It's in several volumes, but the volume on ancient Rome talked about how marriage was a very private, it wasn't registered with the state. It wasn't really even acknowledged outside of the couple, which I thought was really odd because once with Imperial Rome, then of course it becomes a state activity. There are obligations to raise citizens. So I think some of this turbulence over the views of marriage about the time he was turned and how things changed informs a lot of his attitude. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, his attitudes towards women and his attitudes towards couples. It's like, well, if you really start reading about Roman history, it kind of makes sense. Another interesting thing about that point in time, once boys hit puberty until the time they were 25, it was like basically the Amish wilding. They, you know, they had mistresses. They were expected to go to the brothels and it was like Nellie bar the door. So the, Mm. the idea of Roman men being disciplined and stoic their whole life is something that came about a little bit later during Imperial Rome. So... I think there's a lot of layers to him we haven't seen yet. But I mean, he was raised by the quintessential patriarch in a patriarchal society where strict adherence to rules and the appearance of following rules kept you alive, especially with all Mm -hmm. those. He was a young vampire through Imperial Rome, for God's sake. I mean, think about that. If any of y'all have seen I, Claudius even, which granted is a bit fictionalized. I mean, there's crazy shit. People are killing each other left and right. Poison, the Praetorian Guards, you name it. Yeah. And he is a young vampire who's made it through all of that. So, I mean, as far as his origins are concerned, as they used to say is, what is it? More Roman than Romans, usually with the client count, right. client yes. countries, mm-hmm. because they are so happy to be made part of the empire that they're better than, it's just like naturalized citizens are usually more patriotic than a lot of the native borns. Yeah. 
Yes. I, I, right. mean, yes. I think you have that with, Yes. It's not taken for granted. Yeah. yeah. I think you have yeah. that with Baldwin, too. Also with religion, the newly converted. Oh, fervor. Yeah. The fervor. The fervor. True. Yeah. Which is probably yeah. why he's so con- not so much that hey I'm I'm the equivalent of white male dude I'm going to buy into this patriarchy thing it's just like you know they're telling me this is the way things are going to run the best and I'm going to do you know I'm going to do what I, I'm do what what I, what I need, need to, to do, do to make sure it make helps sure. run well exactly you want to talk about his love life a little bit what we know about it what we don't know about it <laughs> we do we know. only got a little hint well I think Deb in, in the world of all souls pretty much comes out and says he's a modelizer. <laughs> To borrow a borrow a Samantha term, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that episode. It was great. He has one girlfriend that we know of, uh, Eva Yeager, a fellow vampire who apparently was also an economist that he managed to piss off at the brink of World War One, and they haven't spoken since. So I would guess that's like a recent yeah, activity. I'm yeah. kind of guessing that he's a handful. <laughs> Shall we say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We also know that in Book of Life that he probably lived on the Upper West Side, but he's the one that is responsible for the uh, gentrification of the meatpacking district. And if anybody's familiar with that, I would probably make (laughs) venture a guess that his tastes are very, how shall we say, particular and off the beaten path. But that's more me surmising than anything else. But Deb picked the meatpacking district for a reason, I have to think. Yes, yes. And the world of all souls does say he doesn't have a mate, but a large number of (laughs) ex-girlfriends. Hence the modelizer. I don't know, maybe he's, maybe, I'm not saying he's like Matthew, but maybe his situation is like Matthew and that he's not yet met his match. I think he has not yet met his mate and... Possibly he's one of those workaholics because it seems like up yes, until correct. up until the end of World War Two he was running around doing whatever job Philippe had him do and his his errands were usually far more involved than anything he had Gallaglass doing so yeah I, I like to think that he got sent to the Borgia Vatican and um, yes the was running around with the resistance and drinking in bars and passing you know blowing stuff up during World War Two and <laughs> you know stuff like that yeah I'm looking in the world of all souls about what they said about him not nearly enough <laughs> not enough yeah, no, not I, I mean enough. the fact that we we got his rebirth month we know that he's about he was 30 when he was turned so he wasn't a baby there's right. a whole lot of leos in the yes. family yes he's, he's yeah. a leo which I, which I was a little bit shocked by because i think his personality is a little more capricorn or uh aries for that matter i thought he was going to be an aries like deb yeah but the fact that he's a leo like I, diana probably also explains why they get along like oil and water huh. i mean they're so much alike with the stubbornness and the high-handedness i saw him as a leo why okay. i married my mom's one. a leo that's probably and- why I my mom is one. <laughs> My mom is one. And, and a lot of that is there. I just um, thought another fire sign. I didn't think Leo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did see Leo. I, I don't know. I mean, they're different types. And I'm married to one and my mother was one. And they're two different types of Leos. But I definitely mm-hmm. see kind of the same traits in there. They didn't say a whole lot. I, I'm looking through this. His profile it says Baldwin's relationship with Matthews is especially difficult as the two men are very different in temperament. OK, we knew that. <laughs> Baldwin is impatient with Matthews intellectual side and wishes he would just give up the scientific work and be the lethal killer that is so useful to have in the family. <laughs> hmm. 
He openly disapproves of Matthew's taste in friends, especially his stepbrother's propensity to befriend demons and share family secrets with them. Which kind of doesn't make sense considering Baldwin seems fairly friendly with Hamish. Maybe that's after the fact. Maybe that's while Matthew and Diana were gone. Yeah. I don't I, know. <laughs> I don't know if they were friendly before or maybe it was just after. Because what choice did Baldwin really have? Well, I think he found common, they found common ground in the financial markets. Yeah, this is true. Baldwin definitely doesn't like Matthew's relationship with Diana, uh, given. Though oddly, Baldwin does not disapprove of the witch herself. And that's what it says in the world of all souls. I can see that. I mean, and I think the TV show did a good, a fairly good job of showing that. They're very much alike in the fact that both Baldwin and Diana are very stubborn and have their own sense of ideas. And if they clash, Uh so be it. (laughs) And it's the same with Isabeau, too. So, well, I had the theory with, I think part of is they were more in competition for Philippe's attention than Isabel was happy. I can see that. It says uh, Baldwin was originally born in the Roman Empire and became a soldier in the vast Roman army. His skills as a soldier brought him to the intention of Philippe de Clermont, who recruited him into his clan and made him a vampire. Baldwin grew tired of fighting and discovered that empires could easily rise or fall according to their cash flow. Mm. From that point on, (laughs) he preferred to fight with money rather than traditional weapons, and he played the role in the establishment and breakup of every national power in the world ever since. So that's all they said about Baldwin. That's going to make that story really interesting. And like I said, Mm. the Vatican's got to play in there somewhere because that is the single, single largest financial institution in the history the world catholic church mm-hmm. i think we're huh. i think we may see a lot of interesting things with baldwin going on in serpent's mirror even though it's primarily matthew's story there's just so much going on in that period of time yeah didn't deb say this is recent too i, I was just scrolling through twitter on one of my tirades and uh, she said yeah we're gonna see matthew and diana in every one of the books going forward however the story will be about different people mm-hmm. so when we get to baldwin's book yeah we're still gonna see little glimpses of matthew and diana yeah. do you think they're all gonna get structured like that oh there was my idea for my save it for yeah. the show <laughs> <laughs> i knew it i knew it happened <laughs> <laughs> all right so later for save it for the show we'll talk about that Anyway, (laughs) well, I think with respect to Baldwin, if you want to talk about structure, what I thought was really interesting is the fact that Deb chose to drop this new character into their bubble right when she did. And it was him. Yeah. In that moment, he is like Philippe's proxy. Yeah. And not having met Philippe, we had no idea. idea. But right. In retrospect, right. after reading the trilogy so many times, and, and and especially considering Times Convert as well, it's like he's Philippe. I mean, the whole Gambit speech at the, when he basically tells Diana to think and stay alive in more yes. floral terms, yes. which is which is interesting considering right. they claim he's not charming. Yeah. Also, the business with when Philippe keeps popping up and you guys aren't mated. I'm sure that Baldwin figured out the same thing from her scent. The scents yeah. are separate, and yeah. there was foreshadowing yes. there. And as you said, Angela, the fact that he doesn't like the fact that Matthew is in his head so much because, which ties back to the whole comment about, we let you read entirely too much poetry in the 11th century. Yes. Or in the 12th century. <laughs> I mean, I love that. But when Philippe does all that, it's charming because he's got that veneer yes. and, you know, the whole popping up like Andorra and stuff. <laughs> Saying it with the animal skin yeah. in his head. And Baldwin yeah. just busts through the door and then the next thing 
thing you know, they're rolling around on the floor and he gets bitten. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. want to bring it back to the mating gene. You said that you thought maybe Baldwin picked up on the fact that they weren't fully mated. Do you think I've always had the impression that Philippe knew why Matthew was holding himself back. Do you think Baldwin had the same insight? If he did, he thought it was stupid. <laughs> he thought it was ridiculous. But again, it's like, why are yeah. you, I don't think that's part of his reason he has so little respect for Matthew is because Matthew allows himself to be a slave to his feelings. Right. He right. indulges Way too himself much. in him. I mean, he swims around yeah. in him. He analyzes them. He feels and them. He lets them dictate he, what he does. <laughs> What he does, yes, yes. And Baldwin no. doesn't have time for that shit. So very different characters here. Feeling, well, feelings are, are to be ignored and tamped down and pretend they don't exist. It's it's And it's not only just feelings, it's, it's the difference in religion. There's this quote that I always think of in the Book of Life, and it says, sadly, Baldwin never grasped the concept of atonement. His view of Matthew's faith was purely transactional. You went to church, confessed, and walked out a clean man. But salvation was more complicated. Philippe had become, had come to understand that in, in the end, although he had found Matthew's constant search for forgiveness irritating and irrational. Mm. So that's Baldwin. It's, it's Philippe yeah. and Baldwin. It's not just, yeah. Following, and, and that's a, and that's the whole thing. I mean, religion was very transactional, especially for the Romans. You you sacrifice something to the gods. You honored. You had your little niche in your home. You paid the, but it wasn't dwelling. You you made your transaction with the god during the day, and then you went about your business. You appeased them to make sure they wouldn't get pissed off at you. Yeah, and then move along your life like yeah. do better. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Do better. Well, and, and that's what Philippe, I think, says in Shadow of Night somewhere. He's saying Matthew is always full of ideas and he's so abstract that he can't he can't have that transaction where he's just I forgive and forget. He's just always thinking about it. He can't even yeah. accept the forgiveness that his God offers him. The salvation, like you said, the salvation is right. Like, he's so busy analyzing it. It's like, dude, God's already forgiven you for this. You, you've said your Hail Marys. Move on. Right. Yeah. So I'm not alone in thinking that Philippe might have had better insight as far as why Matthew was doing it. I mean, I'm not saying Baldwin didn't, but Baldwin just didn't have the patience yeah. for it. I feel like Philippe had the time to think about it and this is why he's doing it and this is why I'm going to have to talk him through this or, you know, like the whole yeah. barn scene, the whole mm-hmm. take him through the paces and Baldwin just doesn't have time for all of that. Baldwin right. has time right. for the strategy, but I don't know that he necessarily understands the psychology that sometimes is involved with right. it. He, he's like, yeah, I've got to go from point A to point B and then from point B to point C <laughs> in order to reach this goal. Well, right. that's exactly me. That's why I can be obtuse. I'm like, oh shit, I got from point A to point B and I hurt your feelings. Oops. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know I did that. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't mean it that way. Right, right, right. right. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> well, I even tell Brad sometimes, like, I'm like, it's not the message, it's your delivery. It sucks sometimes, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is how you meant to say it, but it came out like this. Right. So, you know, pay attention to that. To to Baldwin's (laughs) dismay, I don't think Philippe ever spent the time saying, hey, it sounds like this. You may want to say it like that. I think he's kind of not necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know how you've got that one. There's always that one kid who, yeah, they're self-regulating. I don't I don't need to pay attention to that kid until like it's a, you know, you leave them to their own devices too long. And it can turn into a disaster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of Baldwin emotionally. Mm. I mean, he plucked a guy out. He plucked a guy who probably went into the 
Roman army at 18 or 19, and then puts him in a situation where he's not always dealing with just other soldiers. When he has to deal with Hmm. someone outside of that culture, he doesn't have the emotional bandwidth to cajole them along, to to motivate them in a way that's not offensive. I mean, I know Deb likes to say that he doesn't have the charm of Philippe, but I think part of it is, is he just doesn't have the, and I don't want to say empathy either because that's different, but he doesn't have the emotional understanding. He doesn't speak that emotional language. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His EQ is not as good as, uh, yeah. Right, right. Yes. Thank you. That's right. the word I was looking for. So let's talk about TV Baldwin, shall we? Yes, let's. <laughs> He pleasantly surprised me because when I first saw his picture, and I know we've discussed this before, that was an unfortunate first shot we got of him. (laughs) I know. That photographer had an idea that Yeah, they shot him looking upward, and that's not a good angle for anybody. Trying trying to make him look imposing, and it's like, oh man. No. 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 And and I think they, they tried to use suits to make him look bulkier than he is which really did him a disservice because as we saw at the con. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They should have just left him alone. So my initial impression of Tristan Gravel was, I mean, it was just like, I'm like, that's Baldwin? Really? Not how I pictured him. But it was a bad picture. But boy, he opened his mouth. (laughs) He proved me wrong. When he opened his yeah, mouth, yeah, me totally wrong. Well, now you can you can look, look at that like, picture you and you're like, that. okay, that was unfortunate yeah. angle, but yeah. you know you know how he is in action, so you can appreciate it now. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. He's very Richard Richard Burton esque. Oh in yeah. Some ways. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just in in his in his demeanor as Baldwin and his physical presence. I mean, he's got a yes. lot of yes. physical presence, definitely. And what's so funny is you can literally see him trying to make himself smaller in some of the scenes with. Matthew and some of the scenes in the congregation that actually makes it work even better because I think Baldwin as a character is a sandbagger and I think Tristan picked up on that. He's the kind that'll lay in the weeds and let people yes, underestimate. Yes. You know what? And he's very expressive just like Teresa Palmer in his mm-hmm. face because when he was sitting there in the congregation mm-hmm. and, and he was like trying to steer the conversation to Satu and what Satu had done versus you know what was going on in his yes. house. Uh-huh. You could see that all portrayed yeah. on in his face like oh shit I got away with this we're really going to talk about Satu now and what she did never mind what's going on at my house you know so I thought that was great he's really expressive he's really good whoever briefed him on the character or however he briefed mm. on that character yes Kudos. Kudos. from the moment we saw the trailer um, and he, he unlocks the congregation doors and gives that look Yes. Oh, yes. And smacked yes. the door Yes, I just looked open. around like I'm home. <laughs> That's where I got the whole, that Richard Burton kind of. You're in my house now. He explodes into the, the room kind of thing. And I was just like, his energy. Yes. You're in my excellent. house now. That's mm-hmm. the impression. All of you are yes. in my house. Say what you got to mm-hmm. say and get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you too should be fuck off. 
I love that scene where they're mm-hmm. on the balcony. He and Gerber, and Gerber, he's like, you know, we at least have to pretend yeah, we have right. democracy yes. yeah. kind of thing. And the way he said it, I didn't think he, he himself, I think he he is at more at peace at the fact that things have changed and it is a democracy, but he knows he can't let Gerber right, yeah. know that. Yeah. It's the old locker room talk. Yeah, they're going to talk smack about some girl and I'm going to join him, but I'm not going to mean it, which yep. still is kind of... Sh- which is still kind yeah. of shitty, but... I got to play this game. Yeah. I right. got to play this game. And he's subtle enough as an actor that he conveyed the whole, okay, I'm saying this. I but don't really mean it. Yeah. I'm playing the yeah. I'm playing a game here, which in some ways is yes. more important than charm. And it, and it is kind of a weird corollary to charm. Mm. Yeah. No, and it's, it goes back to the world of all souls, too. The, the dilemma that he's in where he doesn't like Matthew's mm-hmm. relationship with Diana simply because she's a witch, because... It, of all the trouble it invites, but yet he doesn't mind Diana herself. No. If she were a vampire, no, that she's, she'd be she's cool. Not. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think part of it is, is she's a witch that I yeah, just yeah. don't like. <laughs> Which makes it okay in his book. <laughs> I think he was more disturbed because about what Diana is bringing to the family and this family he has to defend. Right. Well, the one thing that I noticed in doing redoing chapter 30 for this most recent mm-hmm. read-along, too... It which really fascinated me is there's a paragraph in there as Matthew is talking to Sarah and Emily on the phone where he's really listening intently to the conversation and there's something that was said about, about the spellbinding that caught mm-hmm. his attention. I mean, he's listening intently to all of it, but then it's like within a sentence or two, Deb, Deb showed that something was said that flipped his switch. And I want to know what I, I'm dying to know what was said and what switch was yeah. flipped. Because I think that informs everything that went on with him when the time walking went on, which hopefully we see some of. Well, we will see some no, of it. No, I'm, in, I'm intensely curious. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to go look in the book. Keep talking. I'm searching. <laughs> and um, Yeah, it, 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 it was just this one passage that caught my eye. And I'm like, hmm, but never really got much of a chance right. to talk about okay. it. Let's well, it's see. interesting how the TV show now brings new perspectives to the book. I mean, I'm not just talking about filling in the gap, but you're like, oh, yeah. he said it this way in the book. I wonder if he meant it this way now. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't chapter 30, was it? It was chapter 30. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Caller family asked them, as soon as Diana told me she was spending time with a vampire, I wondered if... As Baldwin listened, he narrowed his eyes at Isabel. Her questions, though maddening, had been most illuminating. He uncrossed his arms and reached into his pocket for his phone. He turned away, dialed, and murmured something into it. Baldwin then looked at Matthew and drew a finger across his throat. Is that what you were talking about in there? No, no, no. It's, um... I know he noticed that Matthew had Diana's family on speed dial and that kind of tweaked him a little bit like mm-hmm. whoa you you're so in you're so you know in with this family that you have them on speed dial mm-hmm. really that's what's really going on so mm-hmm. that's what I picked up from that chapter I was wondering about this other thing that you were noticing so oh yeah no that wasn't he, he narrowed yeah. his eyes and then it was most illuminating and I mean it flips the switch and he decides he calls calls for the yeah. helicopter and everything but oh I feel like he knew something that we didn't know as far as what the congregation was doing and he was putting the puzzle together i'm and i'm also wondering if the puzzle he put together was maybe something philippe said a long time ago that always struck him as odd and then all of a sudden it's like 
quote. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of that. Because, I mean, mm. yeah, I think he's going to have a lot of little light bulbs go on because since they kept him out of the loop, to, to at least to me, I think fully purposefully kept him in the dark to make sure when the time came, his reactions were authentic. So it was not, not just plausible right. deniability. It was, no, you really have to like freak out because you're so mm-hmm. predictable. I need you to go through all of the predictable reactions. Mm-hmm. And the best way to guarantee that is to just not tell you anything and <laughs> let you react because you reacted yeah. like clockwork. Yeah. So who do you think on Baldwin's phone in his contacts is the what now? <laughs> Isabel or Isabeau. Matthew? Isabel. I think Isabel's number one. Isabel. Because I don't think he would be getting calls from Matthew on the regular. Maybe Isabel. Definitely. Yeah. Now since Times yeah. Convert and since Deb's, Deb, Deb's tweet the other day. Which one? She made the tweet the Ma- other day yeah. about Matthew. Ma- Matthew doing something really surprising and then she gave somebody a hint at the signing that night. Basically, it was like he was stopping to take advice from somebody, you know, from oh. someone. Like, I didn't expect him to. So to me, it's like, I think it's Baldwin. We've already seen Matthew seek out yes. Hamish for advice. So I don't think that would I, be shocking. I, but based on the way things are had kind of spun out with the whole, hey, let's go for a ride for yeah, old time's yeah. sake. And he got yes. him out of the house so everybody right. could cool down. I think what's going on in the, this new book is they found a bridge somehow. And they're not best That's buddies, great. but their relationship is growing into something. I don't want to see them at odds all the time. I mean, I like that they're different, but I don't no. want to see them. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Exactly. And it puts the uh, fandom to some degree at, at odds. They're in turmoil. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if he still wants to see his niece, he's going to act right. Right. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What what I've noticed more and more is like, like I said, the, the two Leos are so similar that it's like, you guys mm-hmm. are both bullheaded. I don't, as Deb said to me, it's like, it's not like Baldwin's going to talk to Diana about yeah. his feelings. Well, he's yeah. going to talk to Matthew. True. That's who he's going to talk mm-hmm. to about his feelings when the time comes. It's weird. Isabel's a Virgo. I don't see myself as Isabel at all. <laughs> to change the subject, I was like thinking Leo and Virgos. <laughs> yeah, I was, well, we, we've talked about Matthew being a Scorpio. Now, so, <laughs> yeah, there's there that. that. Yes. Yes. And I own everybody. But. <laughs> his rebirth. Is he a Gemini in his rebirth? Yes. Which is why is he, he's yeah. an even bigger mess than I am. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> the two most incompatible zodiac signs and he's the two of them. Yeah. I mean, Gemini well. is conflict to begin with. Does Gemini get along with anybody? No, Gemini. Discuss, if there's a discussion, I think out Gemini there, is can... compatible with Libra, actually. That makes sense. Because a that Libra makes sense, it, yeah. It finds a balance no matter what side Gemini's on that day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I can see yeah. that. Gemini's going to be on all sides. Like, yeah, one I can day. see that. Oh, yeah, I can see that too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Turn around again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only say this because my sister's a Gemini and I, I just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's she's very yeah. Gemini and I'm very Virgo, so that's just very <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And one more thing I just glanced down and as far as that passage we were just talking about with the spellbinding mm-hmm. where things click. And then right after that, he is like in total Philippe mode with Matthew. Stop yes. and think. Calm down and think. You need to be yes. smart about this. Yes. He, he can see where this is going. He's seen this movie before. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm channeling yeah. dad because this is the only thing you're going to listen to This is when you grab right that now. kid by the collar. No, this way. Look this way. Yes. This is where we're going. Yes. Yeah. So anything else that you can think of on Baldwin before we wrap this up and go on? I want to know what actually prompted him to get on the money side of things. Was it something during the Byzantine Empire? Oh, yeah. Was it when they were yeah. involved in Venice? I wonder if Patrick Wayman, Wyman has any insight in it since he's talking about capitalism in early, true. early uh, Renaissance true, true. right now. Maybe just okay. the decline of the Roman Empire. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and for someone who does not, who is an anti-intellectual per se, the fact that he has found himself so adept when it comes to numbers mm, yeah. is a really interesting thing. Yeah. It's funny too. I know people that are good with numbers, but they wouldn't consider themselves intellectual. But but see, the funny thing is, is it's, it's not everybody's like, oh, his strategies. He just turned to leveling countries instead of using weapons, using money. But you still have to have that facility with numbers and patterns and everything else. Like, And it's not just have. cause and effect either. Oh, if I do this, this will happen. No, there's there's all these points in, along the way that you have. Yeah. There's yeah. permutations. Yeah. I mean, which is like a battle strategy. You've got to, okay, what about this? And what if this you happens? You have to have what, your plan you know, A, B, what about C, that? D, and Z. Yes. <laughs> you have to have I, I, all I do plans. love to think, though, that he's involved in tulip mania. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes. that theory. I think that is an amazing theory. And I'm like, I somewhat question Philippe's eagerness to thrust Matthew into the Duchy Cindy's company instead right. of Baldwin. Hmm. Angela, do you have any last ideas on Baldwin? No, not ideas. Just I can't wait till we get to the Book of Life to really closely examine his role. Not, I, I mean, the, the one that comes to mind is always his opener, which everyone detests. Right. When I get to the last part where he actually is involved in the saving of Matthew and how he propels Diana. And we get to see more. More of that than we did in oh. Discovery, which is how they executed the rescue for Diana. And we mm -hmm. get to see a more intricate look into how he plans things when they're yes. executing the search for yeah. Matthew. Don't yes. Yeah. With me, Peter. <laughs> he swears with such he does. He does. So going once, going twice. So I'm so all right. So yeah. that segment was brought to you by Moraine Mills. So thank you, Moraine. And thank we're gonna you. go on to housekeeping, which is brought to us by Zoe Gibson. Thank you, Yay. Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. And thank you, Zoe, for sharing your lovely script. Oh, I yeah. love that. I that love was that. this morning I saw that. I was oh. like, oh wow. Test, isn't it? That touched oh, my great. old school heart. <laughs> to like, see like oh, a, a good old fashioned scrapbooking. Yeah. And that we're included in it. Housekeeping. We have a voicemail from Chloe. Hi, Demons. Just thought I would call in about casting because I haven't done this before. So fuck it. This is going to sound terrible, but I was only ever interested in who they cast as Philippe because the other characters never seemed that important to me. Philippe was the most interesting and important character that we meet. As long as he was right, I would be fine with the rest of the casting. When my mum and I opened up our phones to see the casting, we were thrilled to see Stephen Cree. Not only was he fantastic in Outlander, but also in Mother, Father, Son, which you all need to watch. I have faith that it will all work out beautifully, because it did the first time. When I thought about who could play Benjamin, the actor Mads Mikkelsen came to mind because he so brilliantly portrayed Dr. Hannibal Lecter in the television adaption with the right mixture of menace and charm. I would love to meet everyone. Maybe one day the con will follow Galaglass and make down under so I can meet all of you. Travelling halfway across the world is hard for Aussies, especially students. I'm looking forward 
to finishing Shadow of Night and starting Book of Life. Also, because of the emerging contest, I might just go to Twitter account. Okay, hope to talk to you again. Your vampire down under, Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. Oh, great. I love it. Thank you, Chloe. It's great to hear her voice. Yeah. After all these letters <laughs> that we've been getting. So <laughs> good to put a voice to the words. Yeah. To it. Yes. I, I agree. I, I had faith in the casting because it worked out the first time. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to have angst over that. No. No. And well, we, we got our wildest dreams. Yeah, it exceeded leap, my expectations. So. <laughs> and I'm, I'm finding out that that works. Keep your expectations low and... <laughs> <laughs> You're never disappointed. <laughs> never disappointed. That's right. So yeah. by the time we get to season three, we'll be like, eh, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season three is all about Fernando. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. True. I have to tamp that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yippers. It's oh, not going to be Idris. We know that. Stop it. My heart. My heart. <laughs> oh. Angela, what do you have for us? I have a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yay! I feel rejuvenated, and now I have a burst of energy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The title is just Love with an exclamation point. It comes from Maja's Wish. By the way, these little monikers that are on Apple Podcasts and Tumblr, they're just so creative and inventive. I am a schlub when it would come to that. I'd be like, yeah, I'm... Angela. Angela. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Angela H. <laughs> How creative. Yeah. Uh, anyways, she says, or he says, I just love you demons. I'm always laughing while listening and I appreciate the deep discussion. I was in love with these books, then the TV show, but listening to you made me love the story even more. So insightful and thoughtful. Keep it up, ladies, and I will keep on listening. Oh, thank you. Just because you, you said so that, much. we're going to keep it up. How's that? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yippers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you more than more thankful than they'll ever know. I'm not I'm not fading like Marty McFly. That's gas in our tanks. When you guys (laughs) leave reviews like that, that is gas in our tanks. Of course, we like the ratings when you just click the stars. But when you take the time to write a little letter, uh, we love it. I mean, it's it means so much. I know it's self-indulgent, but give us this. okay? (laughs) Jeez, we need this. We need to keep going. Yes. There, yes. there was a clip. Uh, it was Ed Norton doing an interview the other day. And he said he still has imposter syndrome when he walks on a set. He's like, they're going to find out that I'm really not this great actor or someone's going to you know, fire me. And I feel like when we get these reviews, like I, I do have imposter syndrome to some degree because I'm like, oh, my gosh, they really do like us. <laughs> what are they listening to? This sounds really great. And after three like years of doing this, you think that would be like all in our head. Like, oh, yeah, we know we're, we're the shit. No. <laughs> No, half the time we're like, oh, God, and especially through editing. I'm like, man, this is messy. And then I'm like, well, fuck it. It's going out like that. <laughs> and you guys appreciate that. And oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, and that's why it means a lot to us. We don't have to pretend to be somebody else to sound. I, I don't know. I know I've said this before in another episode. I listen to other podcasts and I'm like, wow, they sound so great and put together. Oh, my God. Our shit is shit. We're shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you send these reviews and it's like no you do like me like sally field you really yes. like me yes, yes exactly so that's awesome all right so let's go on to save it for the show and the girls don't know what the subject is so i'm gonna surprise them <laughs> <laughs> i like it when you do that <laughs> all right this episode of save it for the show is brought to us by cynthia polk thank you cynthia thank you cynthia thank you cynthia 
Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. All right. So the topic is future books, including the Purple Notebook. Predictions. What do you think? Go. And my first guess was maybe Miriam, but now I'm not sure. Okay. So let's go through the steps. We know that the next book that's coming out is in this purple notebook. By the way, I'm going to put the link up for the purple notebook so you guys can guess because at the end of it, we're going to go through them and take a drawing. You know, we're we're going to do our thing. Yeah. After that is Serpent's Mirror, right? Mm -hmm. And from what she said after that is going to be Gallo Glass. So we're yes. still two books away from Gallo Glass. So there you go. And she's shooting for 10. Oh, and apparently. the Purple Notebook falls where? Five. Yeah, okay. it's the so next it, one. It is the Serpent's Mirror then. Is no. that what you're saying? Serpent's Mirror is after the Purple Notebook. It's going to be six. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Purple, purple Notebook is five. Serpent's Mirror is six. Gallo Glass is okay. seven. So you were guessing Miriam for the Purple Notebook, right? Yeah, but so many of the snippets have been Diana or, Diana-oriented and, and or witchy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not so okay. sure. Hmm. Um, I know it's not Baldwin because I asked <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice. Are you sure? Are you sure? Twice. Twice. In very, I mean, twice she might change in, her mind. The second time she might might slip and say something. You know, you don't know. No, I had asked her something else. And she that's when she gave me the tidbit about Baldwin's not going to talk to Diana about his feelings. At least not yet. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time that we think she changed her mind about Baldwin. Remember, wait, right. uh, between Shadow of Night and the Book of Life? Oh, yes. Oh, the, the congregation. Not only the congregation, yeah. but then remember when he did something so surprising and it was a game changer? What specifically? Because all I remember is the congregation. She tweeted. She said, holy shit or what? I mean, we shouldn't say that, but that was how I took it, that it was like a holy crap yeah. moment. And she said, well, that was a game changer. And it had something to do with Baldwin. And didn't we think it now we think it was his burst into the bedroom in the beginning of oh, Book yes. of Life? Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she has the option of changing her mind. The congregation, I definitely think she hadn't made that conclusion yet, but came up with it. Because yes. Yeah. And she had those stupid rules she started spinning out that kind of Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, according to the rules you set up, <laughs> he can't be. <laughs> right. I remember I went through all of that in the discussion group and it's like, no, nah, can't be Baldwin. That's why. See, but that's what's always going that's what's mm-hmm. always going to be unfair is that we only have part of the picture. She's got the whole whole picture. Yeah, yep. information bank. And we just have to wait yep. and see. So who But do anyways, you think- I don't think it's Baldwin, but I was just trying to say I support Jean asking multiple times if it's Baldwin. <laughs> I, 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 I keep it keep it in mind. Got to keep it at the front of her mind. I'd like it to be a book about the demons, to be yeah. honest with you. I would love a book about the demons. Not a demon, but, you know, the demons. Right. Not these demons, just the demons. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, well, I would love a central demon to focus on, like maybe Agatha, since I'm such a fan now. Mm-hmm. And yes. she can bring us through the world of the demons. I would love that because they don't, I feel like they don't get a lot of focus. And No. And, and I mean, look at Times Convert. Yeah. We get Marat. Yeah. Really? Right. No. That's our demon? <sighs> yeah. I mean, Agatha shows up at Septor. Basically, she's Sarah's right-hand girl now so yeah. we don't get a whole lot of insight into her yeah with some parenting advice yeah now and again and i would love to know her background she had nathaniel who'd she have nathaniel with i would love to know her whole yeah. story that would be yeah. awesome the inadvertent treatment of demons and the exclusion just perpetuates yeah. <laughs> and not on purpose yes. <laughs> no not on purpose no 
especially in the conclusion of the book of life, they were the whole story. Yes. The whole reason why yeah. Diana and Matthew can have children is because they have demon DNA. Mm-hmm. Spoiler and, alert. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. spoiler. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> or the Canadian sorry. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I would love to see that. Well, since Deb had that whole scene where she was going to the magical version of Michael's, <laughs> um, apparently she had to conjure up a super extra unusual spell. And I'm just wondering what what kind of spe- spell would she be conjuring and for whom? Because I think that would kind of be a clue as to mm. who the book's mm. about. Yeah. She hasn't given a hint on publishing date on the Purple Notebook yet, has she? No, nothing. Nope. Okay. Nope. Just writing like a fiend from what Good I understand. Writing. And seen and seen and on Twitter and yeah. stuff. So that's good. That's good. Who else do you think will show up in a, one of these ten books? As you're saying, Jean, I think ba- there will be a Baldwin. Okay, book. the last book will be Philippe and Isabel. I would love to read that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, unless as well, we've got four books that we don't know who it's going to be. I hate to think all the brothers are going to get lumped together in one book, though it might end up being the Crusades. There might be one book that's like Serpent's Mirror, only it's the Crusades. Crusades. I wouldn't mind that. I, I wouldn't know. mind that because we don't have a whole lot of background. I mean, we know some things about Godfrey and Hugh. Right. I would love yeah. one of the girls. Oh, God, I want Freya. Yeah. I'm interested in either and yeah. any of them. I think I'd be interested in Freya because you get the Northern European mm-hmm. female because female perspective, because the whole thing with the idea of female Vikings and whatnot, because yeah. the, the Danes and the Swedes and, and the Norwegian women were warriors, right. which I think would be really interesting. And since that we've got that snippet of her backstory that she killed off her three brothers within a half an hour of being turned. And I, mean, yeah. I don't think I don't think Deb is going to ever write a de Claremont female that will that will disappoint. It's true. No, I won't. would love love and this is a twist i would love like if baldwin he's got a daughter right i would love something Mm -hmm. from her point of view and her telling his story you know what i mean Mm -hmm. something like that that. um that would be cool maybe not baldwin maybe maybe first maybe we can have like a something definitely baldwin (gasps) i would love to i would love to see part of philippe's story told by freya wouldn't that be interesting if all of his children gave like their memories and recollections of their father yeah well i it's just I think because she is she's bisexual and she's so queer <laughs> that I no but but by, by that I mean she's androgynous yeah. Yeah. she's she's so other all the way through history you know the first female cop and all this stuff he was probably pulling his hair just out. a funny word it just makes me the laugh. whole time <laughs> no I see what you're saying like fluid truly yes yeah she's she's truly fluid and it's like I'm sure it she probably made him almost as crazy as Hugh did mm-hmm. because he was always fascinated by Hugh, Hugh because he couldn't figure him out True. from Fernando's tales I'm pretty sure Hugh couldn't figure himself out either <laughs> he just seems like that dreamer like matthew where it's just like you just want to cuddle him it's like uh, i feel like he was very similar to matthew in a lot of ways just from fernando's short description of him i'm like i'm picturing i'm like matthew just fucking lost but what's funny is i don't think i don't see diana like fernando what do you mean fernando the the idea of hugh and fernando they were they were very symbiotic and and Hugh was able to function in all the other ways he had to function because he had Fernando. Right. 
who is very much, I mean, he, he was more of a tr- traditional help meet yeah. than I see Diana being. Oh, uh, cause at some time I see Diana being more like Bala and telling Matthew, he needs to get his shit put to, yeah, shit together. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I don't see them similar, but I feel like Hugh is a similar personality. This is just my gut telling me he. No, I know. But what I'm saying is I, I'd love to see their coupled them because I think it would be f- really different and far right. more fascinating, yeah. at least yeah. to me. And that's it. That's all I wanted to do was talk about future books and speculate and okay. <laughs> do some speculations. And, Angela, and Diana, you have anything to ask? No, to Diana that? and Matthew will make appearances like Mac and... JZB and Fever Series. Oh, yeah. Fever Series. Yeah, I think they're going to be like kind of the thread, the, narr- the narration. They're going to be the consistent, sort of the, the, uh, the yeah. continuum. So, Which makes sense. I mean, if all the rest of the books are put together, like Times Convert, I'm oh, yeah. thrilled. Yeah. And you need that continuity. You need that anchor. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind them being the anchor. That'd be great. No. And I like to find out more about uh, Diana being a weaver. I mean, I think Deb's discovering more and more the more she writes yeah. on what mm-hmm. it means to be a weaver. And now I totally want to see what's going and, to happen with the twins. Totally. Yeah. Time will tell. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I know. I want to see t- I want to see teenage teenage brightborns. <laughs> I think it'll be hilarious. Awesome. All right. Anything else? All those homecoming pictures that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. I can't wait to see what a Brightborn homecoming looks like. (laughs) (laughs) With a vampire dad and vampire uncle standing in the background glowering. Yeah. Deb used the hashtag. That'd be cool. what could go wrong with Matthew? But I think that's going to be used a lot in the future. <laughs> Hashtag what could go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> Not a damn thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's close this out. And after this break, we'll do last thoughts and things we cannot let go of. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demonsdiscuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Demons Discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive, and we need her around, okay? Keep it alive! Anybody have any last thoughts? My last thought is they started at Mount Celeste yesterday. Yes. I'm super excited. <laughs> super excited. And explain for our listeners what that is. Uh, that is standing in for set tours for season, well, season one. And now they're back there for season two. Yay! And that means Philippe is, in the, Philippe is in the house, literally. I want a picture of him in full dress. God, I want to see him in full drag. Full drag. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, midi, like I mean, yeah, renaissance yes. drag, not 
not female drag. drag. <laughs> it's raining men. <laughs> <laughs> that song comes out of my I, I, iTunes shuffle, and the, they, Rebecca loves it for whatever oh reason. <laughs> it's a great song. Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> the other one I used to I love and every once in a very great while it pops up is um Born to Be Alive. Oh, yes. Born God, to be I love alive. that song. <laughs> in the nineties there was a a bar slash nightclub in the West Village. This is a small one, but it was called Polyesters and they played all that music. It was so fantastic. Oh, oh yes. All oh, the old yes. 80s <laughs> Yes! That's the best. That is the best. All my underage drinking Because <laughs> they'd always serve us there. My underage drinking music was disco. Straight up disco, man. Like Donna Summers, you know? Yes. And, and all of that. And, and oh, God. Oh, the Bee Gees. Forget yes. it. Oh, Forget yeah. It. Yeah. I used to get drunk to that shit. <laughs> I still have that. That comes up. The Bee Gees and Saturday Night Fever. Maybe we need to do that at the next the next. Oh. A disco party. <laughs> a deep mm-hmm. disco party. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, if you guys help us with Patreon, maybe we'll get there. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, my gosh. No, it's idea. not. No, it's not. <laughs> Angela, you have any last thoughts? No. Okay. Give me. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to you. Okay. The demon disco party is. Yes, it has. It really has. I, I was like caught thinking about it. <laughs> it would be great. Yeah. Not, well, maybe we can do like a like combo a disco eighties type of thing. You know, I don't know. We'll think on it yeah. anyway. <laughs> Let me see here. Yes. My last thought, and then I'll come back to you, Angela. All right. Purple notebook guesses. I'm going to put the link back in the show notes so you guys can put in your guesses for the who. Deb is talking about in the Purple Notebook. What character? Yeah, and there'll be a prize involved later. We'll get into that later. But until we get a reveal, we're just guessing at this point. So put your guesses in. I'll allow you to guess maybe five, four or five times. I don't care. You put five different guesses in there. I don't care. Fine. As long if one of them's right, then it'll get chosen. So there you go. Um, let me see here. Support your All Souls artists uh, at the time of this recording. Belia Sim and Kareen Star are busy, busy little bees. Kareen just put out that T-shirt. Did you see? <gasps> yes. Lovely. So yes, pretty. So pretty. I'll put links for purchase of that in the show notes. And whatever Belly is doing at the time, I'll put that in the show notes too. What else can I think of? Uh, we're planning our Halloween cons- contest right now, but by then, by the time you guys hear that, that will be over. Yeah, I've run out. I, I don't have any last thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been off of Facebook a lot and that saved my sanity a lot because Facebook has been pissing me off, especially lately. Comics. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to oh, say is God. Facebook has been pissing me off and it's nothing in particular. It's just Zuckerberg's not learning any fucking lessons and mm-hmm. it's pissing me off. So I'm like this close to deleting it, but I can't delete it because my girls are on I it. I tried. So. I did delete it. I did de- deactivate it. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, now I can't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, mainly work. I am on there to check in on the groups and talk to these girls on Messenger and occasionally post a funny meme that I see. So yeah, if any of you are friends with me on Facebook and I'm not posting anything, it's not you. It's me Mm. and Zuckerberg. Fuck that guy. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) back to you, Angela. 
So I think the last episode, we talked about how sparse any publicity is for the second season, any behind the scenes shots and how they're hold- yes. withholding from us. Yeah. And I have to say... There have been a few times, and I might just get there eventually, where I feel like pushing the small snowball snowball down the hill, <laughs> and and having a tweet that might take on a life of its own, asking for some sort of gratification of yes. behind the scenes information. So signs of a sign, a sign of, of life, life would yes. Be nice. And I, yes. I mean, we use our social media wisely because we know that we have a large following, and we could create <laughs> a monster. So, um, but I'm almost getting there. I think I'm almost getting there to ask for something and asking people to clamor a little bit to yeah. ask for something. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been getting a lot of behind the scenes of like Teresa Palmer with with poet and uh, pictures. It's like still life things. You know? Yeah. I, I would love yeah. to see somebody in period dress besides Gallo Glass and Diana. Yeah. Uh, we got a cu- couple glimpses of Matthew, but that was only because uh, we lucked out with the yeah. paparazzi. Right. right. Yeah. And, and that's not cool. Um, I'd like something from the studio. Official. Like, no. Yes. Yes. Official things. Yes. Just because we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. I mean, they're talking spring next year. Mm-hmm. No, they're talking fall of 20. <gasps> My heart. They're not going to be finished filming until the end of January. Oh, yeah. And then you've got all the post-production and post-production will probably take even a little bit longer with Cora. Oh my gosh. You guys got to give us something. Something. <laughs> Come on. I know. This is More killing Ed. us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got a little Ed, you know, him and Phoebe in the car. We got that picture. Man, I want to see Jacob as Benjamin. I want to, I really want to see Tom Hughes. All we got to see is like the back of his head. Do you know, though, with Louisa? When did we start really, really getting pictures of them filming? Like the picture of Sarah and Emily by the tree. That was later, but we were getting pictures from from when they were filming in Oxford. Yes, true. We were getting a lot of stuff when they were filming. Throw us a bone, guys. Just something. Please, <laughs> come, come on, IJPR. Have pity we're on us. crying here. Oh, God. See what I mean? I, that, this this was the, the small snowball that I started down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we both get on Messenger and say, do it, just do it. <laughs> yeah, just Angela, do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. All right. Anything else, you guys, before we shut this one down? I don't think so. No? No, I think the snowball is oh, Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Mwah. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.